Welcome to Episode 8 of Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts. Today's segment, we're going to be talking about establishing some boundaries when you're developing mediumship and symbolization. And then later on, I'm going to be talking about the various types of energies that connect with us and how to recognize them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So first of all, if you're planning to develop mediumship or you're just interested in the subject, there's a couple of things you should do first. Before you even attempt communicating with someone that is somebody else's loved one besides your own, definitely, definitely do your own first. Sometimes it's harder for us to connect with our loved ones, especially when we're grieving. However, I don't suggest you trying on other people unless you're in a uh, school and you're learning how to do this yourself and you have a tutor, a teacher, somebody to mentor you. By the way, I will be opening up my own academy for mediumship and a bunch of other things that you can learn. So I'll tell you about that another time. But today we need to talk about establishing boundaries. Because just like in life, in death, sometimes clients of loved ones will come in when you're open. And when I mean open, you are meditating, you're in a state where your consciousness is raised, it's shifted, and they can come in. I've had a couple of situations, one nice, one not so nice. One time I was doing, listening to a drum track and doing a shamanic journey, and I had a loved one's, uh, a, a client's loved one come in, and it was almost like he was knocking on the door, and he was like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to bother you. And this person was just so genuine. I had worked with him before, and there was something he really needed to get across to a family member. So, of course, I was like, hey, no problem. Come right on in. It was almost like somebody knocking on your door. Um, but there are other instances. For example, I was trying to connect with one client's loved one, and I was. I was connecting with them, and I was getting all the evidentiary um, information. And all of a sudden, somebody else pushes him out of the way, and it's like, I've been waiting for you to meditate. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to shift your consciousness because I have a message for, your, you know, so-and-so. And I was just like, you're being really rude. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. He literally pushed someone else out of the way because it had been about two weeks. I had my own stuff going on. I hadn't had a chance to meditate. And here's a quick tip. Meditate every day, regardless if you want to connect with anybody or not. It is the best thing you can do for yourself. I I can't stress that enough. And I know you're like cringing and meditating. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have time to do it. Do it. I'm going to do a whole episode on meditating doing guided meditations for you where you can listen to my voice and a little bit of music and we'll get you relaxed and into meditating. But anyway, back to the story. I hadn't meditated and 
as soon as I started to open up, shift my consciousness, I grounded myself out, I shifted my consciousness, and sure enough, I am in a meeting with someone, and this other guy, like, really, it was like he pushed him out of the way, pushed him right out of my consciousness, and took over. And so, usually, this is when you need to set boundaries. I should have said, sorry, I'm not going to deal with you. I'm not taking your messages. You have to wait. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, at the time, it was for a friend. It was a friend's loved one. So, of course, I wasn't going to kick the rude person out because they were connected to a friend, a, a lifelong friend. So I dealt with it. But you have to establish boundaries like you do in life, you know. If someone is, you know, coming to your space, I mean, what we do in our conscious state with our physical relationships, your subconscious responds and will react the same way when working with spirit. So you have to constantly practice developing strong boundaries in both lives, your physical, spiritual, and depending, you know, your work life, your home life. It's the same thing. It, you have to say no. Um, there's a great excerpt from Eckhart Tolle where he talks about um, not being able to get rid of the polarities on the level of form. So, you know, just realize you are then in touch with a deeper place within yourself. And these polarities don't exist there. So they continue to exist on the outer level. However, something changes in the way that the polarities manifest in your life when you're in a state of acceptance or surrender. So the polarities manifest in a more benign and gentle way, basically, is what he said. So what does it mean? It just means you have to balance, heal, integrate polarity while establishing boundaries in your relationships. You have to stop defining all of your experiences as good or bad. Just I just did. But it was kind of a good and bad uh, situation. Um, they say polarity exists to maintain balance, such as good and evil, um, happy and sad, those kinds of things. As, However, as the Earth's um, frequency starts to speed up like it's been doing since September, um, and it's been doing it since last year, but mo I mean like intensively, speeding up since last September, um, our frequencies thus have to uh, speed up and polarities kind of fall away. So, um, but anyway, that doesn't mean you have to experience discomfort in your experiences um, with spirit. You know, you just have to say, you know what, please step back, step out of my aura. I will deal with you when I can. And you always want to deal with somebody's past loved one who is coming, who is from white light, coming for the best good of all, not a lower level entity. That's why it's very important to ground and it's very important to raise your vibration before you start um, talking with um, this, the deceased. Because if you don't, it's, for example, let's talk about the divination of the Ouija board. I don't know if I talked to you about this. I've talked to a lot of clients about this. Nobody really likes a Ouija board. It's got a bad rap. Um, I don't like it. I'll never use it. I remember we had one in the 1970s when I was little. 
um, and me and my mom threw it out. I just did get one when I was older and you know, experimenting with spirit in my early teens, actually like since I was 10, <laughs> so uh, maybe even earlier than that. And um, I was stupid to buy one. Nothing bad happened, but let me just give you the, an example of the difference between the Ouija board and let's think of another divination tool that uh, uh, your tarot, tarot, okay. So with the Ouija board, we are not raising our vibrations before we sit down and do it. And usually we're doing it with other people. So you have other people's energy. Basically, when you're open, whether your consciousness is raised or not, if you're open and you don't even realize it, somebody had an argument with, with if you're, you know, their loved one in life, it will, you will feel it. It will, it will come into your energy and you don't want that in your energy. You know, it's almost like a virus. It can, it spread, it's airborne. So with the Ouija board, you sit down, you place your hands on the, um, what they call it I knew it like like yesterday but of course I didn't sleep much anyway you place your hand on the the thing that goes around and spells stuff out now you are interacting with energy but the energy you are interacting with is low level entities from the lower astral planes your vibration is not high enough therefore low level entities come in you're not preparing okay now, some people say, well, I don't prepare when I read tarot cards. Well, yes, you do. In a sense, you are using your intuition. You are connecting with your higher self. Your higher self is giving you the answers, not the cards. So it's a big difference. It's very important to raise your vibration. I cannot emphasize that enough. I use crystals. I do channeling. I, I go into trance. I do shamanic journeying, I'll take a 20-minute track of drumming or, or rattle, and I will do what I know how to do. I raise my vibration before I even attempt to deal with a client's loved one. And like I said before, when I have a client, I will do three to four trance and channeling sessions with whoever it is they want to come through, and usually I don't like to know who it is. Sometimes they'll just tell me, and once the cat is out, you can't unknow something, so, it, you know, if they tell me a name of a person, then I have the name. I like to have a, the least amount of information as possible. All I want to know is, is there a specific person you want to come through? Yes, no, or are you open to, like, anyone? You're not really there for a specific pers person. So, you know, but you have had grandparents or both parents pass away and you miss them and either one will do you know, or both would be great, but, you know, it's, you're there for everybody. Most people come in, they want to speak with a specific person. It's like they have blinders on. It's called psychic amnesia. It's like having no personal vision. They will only accept that person, and that's why I do what I do, because, you know what? I want my clients to have the best possible experience. But anyway, let's get back to teaching everybody a little bit about mediumship. So the next thing I want to talk about is symbolization. Now, these, this is how spirit communicates with us. 
I want you to remember that spirit will not communicate using their mouth because or form words because you have to remember they no longer have a body, okay? So this seems simple to say and understand, but oftentimes people who are developing their mediumship abilities are waiting for them to say something through voice. Um, the communication is completely telepathic, meaning they'll use sound waves to form words or energy waves to create visual or feelings. The words that form may be heard as a sound or your own voice. However, there's something called objective clairvoyance, where you will hear something from your ears, not in your mind, that's that person's voice. And how they do that is kind of opposite to what I'm saying. It's very rare. You have to be an advanced medium. You have to have been working for a long time. Um, it's a very, the, the objective clairs are very hard to develop unless you're naturally gifted with them. I was not naturally gifted with them. I had to develop them myself. It took a long time, a lot of exercises, a lot of different things I had to do um, in order to, but, you know, in the beginning, I did hear, you know, loved ones' voices in their voice, but it would be usually in my head, so it would be more telepathic. Um, and, you know, sometimes people have trouble with clear, clear audience abilities, which is the hearing. Communicating messages to our clients this is the people we rework can be confusing at times because sometimes spirit makes a connection with us and has to use symbols and emotions to deliver the messages. So symbols are not up for debate. Symbols are specific to you. So if something means something to, if you see something on TV or you see mediums performing and they are, um, you know, saying that, oh, I see, you know, they're handing you white roses. This means, you know, they, um, they're saying happy anniversary. You know, white roses may not mean that for you. White roses may mean, you know, I saw you were at, I just, you know, you were at the funeral, you were crying, and I don't want you to be upset. I'm handing you uh, white roses whatever white roses means to you. So, you know, every medium interprets these symbols differently. And there's a good reason for it. I mean, remember, the spirit is making telepathic communication with you. So in order to send messages, they'll use things from your experiences and memories and things that are symbols of your experience, not theirs, not their loved one, not your client, okay? So it's not your client's experience, it's yours. That's why, that way, <clears throat> that's why if you do eventually become a medium or develop your abilities and you do it professionally or not, if you're with someone and you're giving them messages, whatever you see, hear, feel, sense, tell it. Tell it, don't even think twice about it, because sometimes it could be a literal symbol, and sometimes it could be up to interpretation. So it's always best to give and have them say, all right, no, it makes no sense, than to not give, and it may have made sense, and then that's a message that, or a memory that they just lost. So you know what? I'd much rather be told I'm wrong than 
have someone miss out on um, a, me a message from a loved one. So some examples are reminders of, you know, memories, emotions, physical sensations, or objects from our lives. So with memories, um, let's say you usually go for a walk with your grandmother on by the river. And this may be pointing to a direct memory the spirit had with um, with their loved one. So they're showing you something in your life, and the memory is symbolic because, let's say, your client goes down by the river, sits by the promenade, and it's just sad and misses their loved one. So it creates an image and a direct link to you. You know, don't ever get cryptic with your clients or the people that you read for. Like I said, you've got to tell them everything, how you feel, what you're experiencing, the literal interpretation of it, because otherwise it they may miss out on something. Now, emotion, when they come through with emotions, it's called clairsentience. And um, so you have to remember that because they have crossed over and they're no longer linked to human emotions, they will use you for the emotion. So when, you, when you're sitting with someone and you start to feel a deep emotion that's not yours, um, a lot of times for me, this is how they show how they pass, through my clairsentience which freaks my mother out beyond belief because she gets worried. Um, but it really doesn't hurt. So I like to get all the information, um, who they were to my clients, um, how they passed, when they passed, what their name is, as much memories, as much information as I possibly can gather while the spirit is in my aura. Okay, and what for me, what they do is they use feeling, emotion. So for one client, I may feel just immense love and pride. And um, from how the spirit feels towards my client. And it's really amazing when you feel things like that. And those are messages. But for the ways of passing, you know, all of a sudden, I may not be able to breathe, and I may have a a pain in my chest, not up by my sternum, but a little bit down. And down there, I know it's a pulmonary problem as opposed to a heart attack. If the pain is higher up, I feel what it feels like to have a heart attack for about, you know, literally five seconds. But then that's how they're showing me, okay, well, you know, your father died of heart attack at age whatever. Um, uh, another one is, for me, the top of the head is an injury. So let's say somebody passed from a car accident to the front of my head being something like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, neurological disorders. So, you know, we all end up 
dying eventually of a heart attack. Or I mean, that's the that's what happens. We all end up, you know, going once the heart stops, and that's the last uh, bit of life we have left in us. Even if we're passing away of pneumonia and our lungs are filling up with fluid, I will feel the lungs filling up with fluid and not the heart attack. Um, so you just have to be careful with that because um, you don't want to mistake a heart attack for something else. And cancer, cancer, I usually get pain in my bones. Don't ask me why. You would think that would be something like osteoporosis or arthritis, but it's not. Um, for me, I get an ache. Now, I am a cancer survivor. So, um, and I did not have bone cancer, so it was, it's weird that it comes for, to me like that. You would think it would be more, I had uh, a very rare type of colon cancer many years ago, <laughs> and um, you would think that I would have it in my mid-gut area as showing me it's a ca- somebody with cancer that's coming through, um, but it's not. So, a good tip is to get a notebook and write down certain animals, certain um, symbols that mean something to you. Because believe it or not, you have, you know, if you have a reading with somebody that's coming up, you know, they'll be around you because they want to make sure that that you're competent enough to get everything. They're going to try and give you everything they can. And don't be scared of it. It's not a scary experience. Let me tell you something. When you connect someone with their loved one who they miss incredibly, or they have unfinished business and they left things on bad terms, they had an argument before someone left the house and something happened to the other one and now they've passed. The guilt, the survivor's guilt, you know, the feeling you get when you're able to hear their loved ones, feel their loved ones, see their loved ones, and then tell your client certain things that only they would know. There's no way in heck that you could. And it's like nothing, there's nothing like it in the world, honestly. It really is. A special, special job. I am completely blessed to be able to do this. I mean, everybody can do this. Of course, this is why I'm talking about this today. However, after so many years and having so many clients, every time it feels like it's the first time. And when I can change somebody's life for the better then that's such a gift in itself. It really is. So that's how they communicate through emotion. Um, And then that also goes for physical sensations, like I was explaining, the clairsentience. Um, So you can validate how the spirit passed and um, other experiences that they've had in memories. And then they also use objects that are around us or around their loved one. So this is really hard to interpret sometimes because 
sometimes they'll include simple things and things that generate lots of different meanings. So the best thing to do is actually to define them by, by keeping a symbols journal, like I was saying. So, you know, when you get in that moment, whatever you're receiving, whatever the symbol is, whether it's just a symbol of something for you, an object that means something to you, like for example, bobby pins from my grandmother, or paper clips from Dave, and to fix from Dave, um, it will, uh, those are symbols for me. Those are objects for me that I find. Um, it could mean a bookend in your house, and it has a relative meaning to their loved ones. So you just say it. What's the worst they can say is, no, you're wrong. Okay, whatever. I mean, most of the time, you're going to be right. So spirit is giving you a message. And if spirit is coming through, then, you know, don't hold back. Don't be afraid of them saying no. Listen, they say no. It's not the end of the world. Listen, mediums are not like parlor tricks and, and you know, circus performers, okay? We are depending on our clients' loved ones to come through for us to do our job. So it is very daunting before every client because you're depending on somebody else, you know, um, like getting back to the Ouija board. <laughs> I always get back to my point eventually. You're, you're raising your vibration and you're, the loved ones are lowering theirs. And that's how I meet them. I meet them in the middle. So I raise my vibration with certain crystals and certain rituals that I do. And they lower theirs. We meet up. It's like having coffee, having a conversation. That's how I like my, my sessions to go, whether it's with the deceased or with the clients. I don't want this to be something scary for my clients. I don't want them to be, um, of course, if they, you know, cry, I feel bad because I'm kind of making them cry by telling them these things. But you're better off not, don't edit. Don't edit what's coming through because you know what? It may mean, may mean the whole world to somebody else. And meanwhile, it doesn't mean shit to us. So do that for the people you read for because you know what? That's the best you can do for them. It's the best gift you can give. I mean, we've all lost someone at some point in our lives. And if we're lucky, we've lost them with huge distances between, you know, big time gaps. I've had big time gaps. You know, I've I've lost, of course, a lot of people, but three major people in my life. And, um, you know, one was murdered. And that was horrible. And I just saw something today that reminded me of him, and he passed away, Jesus, um, 
well, like 30 years ago, let's say. Not 30 years ago, maybe like 26, 27 years ago. And I saw something that took me back to that place and it gutted me, you know? I mean, I pray for all of my loved ones in spirit um, every day. I am a cafeteria Catholic. I don't even go on, I'm terrible. I don't even go at um, Christmas and Easter anymore. But that's because I have so many different ideologies you know I am I'm definitely more into the pagan and the shamanic thoughts thought types uh than any type of organized religion you know um I will go for the sake of my children and my partner who is very catholic and him and um our son go to mass my, and our son is a teenager. They've been going to Mass every Sunday for years now. And it's a really nice thing that they do together. It's the only time they really get alone together where it's just the two of them without uh, me and my daughter. And, um, you know, it's I have nothing against organized religion. I grew up with it from when I was in pre-kindergarten through college, through one of my colleges anyway. Um, the other one was, uh, for forensics. So that was done at, at John Jay, which was a city university here in New York. But, um, my literature degree was done in a Catholic college. Anyway, coming up next is the different types of, of spirits and entities who come and visit us. So hold on. I'll be right back. Welcome back to segment two of episode eight of Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts, and now we're going to be talking about the various types of energies that connect with us and how to recognize them. So by incarnating in the human body, we are granted the gift of free will and domain over spirit and actually all of our experiences, which means we are granted control and we have the right to, um, we basically have the right to give up that control by not recognizing this important fact we give in to fear. So we don't want to really give in to fear, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what type of um, spirit you're dealing with. Okay? So I just want, there's a lot of them, so I, I want to go through each one. And, of course, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to leave me a message, uh, a comment, um Anything, you can go on to psychicmediumnyc.com uh, or psychicmediumnewyorkcity.com, um, either one, and you can leave comments on either website. Or you can find my Facebook page, which is uh, same name, the Robert Psychic Medium, and I have some Facebook groups that 
I am um, admin of, and uh, that's Mediumship Readings by Jill, Mediumship and Development, and of course, Art Theory and Magic. Okay, back to the different types of spirits. So we have to teach ourselves that we're not powerless, and the best thing you can do is not be afraid. Okay, so get ready. <laughs> anyway, the reason why I'm saying not to be afraid, because when we get to the end of my list here, um, it might sound frightening, but I can give you an experience where it's really not. Okay, so the first is, of course, spirit. And that's the soul of a body that's um, crossed over. Um, and is usually, um, they come out of love and protection. So these are usually your client's loved ones, your loved ones. Um, that's, that's what spirit is, okay? So when I refer to spirit, that's what I'm referring to. The next is ghost. The ghost is the soul of a body that is not transitioned. It hasn't crossed over. So it's, it's a deceased spirit, or you could say entity if you want. And um, being that it didn't cross over, what they end up doing is they walk in the lower realms and the lower planes. And they get stuck here. And the longer they're here, sometimes the more frustrated they get. Even though for them, it feels like they passed yesterday, and it could be 300 years. <laughs> you know, usually they're attached to a person, place, or thing. A noun. <laughs> they're attached to a noun. Just think of it like that. Um, uh, another type of energy that you can experience and connect with are orbs. And they're usually an indication of spirit, a spirit form. And and the energies don't always come through in human form. So just know that it is an energy of the spirit. And usually see them in photos. But you can see them with your own eyes. And if you do, that's fine. There's residual energy, which is very much like a recording of a past event. There's no soul, no spirit. You know, you may be witnessing to seeing or hearing a ghostly presence at the same time of day or time of year, depending on um, what the residual energy is. And here on the East Coast of the U.S., we have a lot more hauntings than you do on the West Coast in California and uh, the desert. Here... And it's probably because of the weather. You know, there's there's more precipitation here. Um, things get trapped. Sounds get trapped in the walls. And you can hear them. Sometimes if that happens, if you move furniture, it'll fix the situation. But it's just residual energy. Uh, mental projections, which are tulpas, these are common. So what it is, it's an energy that, believe it or not, the person, not the past, the person who's dead, okay, the human mind has conjured up. So most of the time it's created accidentally. However, it doesn't make the energy any less real. So tulpas are real energy. 
they're just projections from you from you okay not you directly but the general you um then we have malevolent energies i've dealt with these too it's not all of voluntaries it's not all roses um malevolent energies are souls that have chosen not to cross over because they enjoy creating chaos and destruction in the lives of others they love being a pain in the ass and they are i mean i've had clients where they've been you know plagued by something like this for years and it's my job to go in you know as the proxy using a crystal portal either netting them and then clearing them out or you know going in a couple of times and trying to convince them to cross over because as long as they're around and bothering somebody it's really you know it's not very nice thing <laughs> okay uh spirit guides oh we love spirit guides our spirit team remember you have a team of spirit guides you do have one major one but you have a team of them there be there there are people who have lived with us in other life okay i'm not going to say past because as i don't know if i've spoke about this um as of recently our linear timeline has broken up so you may find yourself forgetting what you did yesterday or a month ago or what you had for dinner last night because we're constantly jumping timelines back and forth without us even recognizing it so the linear timeline has broken up and that's because the earth's frequency is is getting faster we're moving up in the dimensions being in 3D is very heavy it's very gravity gravity oriented which is why we have linear time the arrow of time because of the only time way time exists is in relation to gravity and space and that's einstein's theory of um of relativity so being in 3D now in 2018 the end of 2018 almost 2019 is going to feel it's going to be a little bit of a struggle and you'll understand what i mean by just feeling uncomfortable um feeling lightheaded a little bit more dizzy but anyway back to spirit guides so so i don't want to say they lived past lives with us but they lived other lives with us okay um and they've chosen to incarnate with us and they've chosen to um grow with us they've chosen to guide us um spirit guides the okay so um and most likely it's a person that was a teacher or a friend or a lover in that other timeline it's not um it's not going to be somebody who just passed away or passed away years ago um even though our spirit guides do come in and out we do have a main one and that one um is usually with us our whole life okay and there's something called temporal distortions and again think parallel lives it's 
seeing that our past, our future, and other lives are all running parallel at the same time. So this is the timeline jumping I was talking about. And this is an event um, that takes place when two of the timelines intersect and you're actually watching it happen. I This happened to me recently and it is really cool. Um, and I saw myself and I saw my grandmother and she was still alive at the time. In the other timeline, she was 97. So this is, and she passed at 94. I was very lucky. She lived to 94. But in another timeline, I was like, oh, not fair. <laughs> she had another three years. Um, but, you know, there. another episode I'm going to do is on how to jump to a parallel timeline. So you can change little things about your life. And you could change lots of things about your life where you won't even recognize who you are. So it's almost like a time machine at this point. But, you know, it's done with desire. Um, when you want to change, you want to consciously change something that much. Um, little changes we're doing all the time without even realizing it. Um, shadow people and shadow pe beings, some people like to call them entities. These are the guys that are always usually in the peripheral of your vision. Um, there are times where they will, you know, you will see them in your, 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 uh, in, excuse me, so sorry. You see them in your uh, your your main line of view, and um, when you see them in their in your main line of view, they're a little bit more than observing us. Okay, usually when they're in the periphery and you look and they're gone, or if you look and you see them and they run, they like disappear into the shadows. That's a shadow person. Um, but when you do see them, I mean, I've had one recently um, take on the appearance of my husband. And my daughter wasn't feeling well. She had slept in my bed that night. And my husband was getting ready to go to work. And I was already asleep. And my children listened to audiobooks falling asleep since the day they were born. And they still do it. My son is 15 and my daughter is 9. So my daughter had her iPad on with Audible, listening to um, one of her books. It was loud. I fall asleep with them in earphones in my ears, so I don't really hear it. And the light is coming from the kitchen was bright enough that it was backlit, and I thought it was um, Stefan, because usually when he does wake me up, it's by you know, kind of just grabbing my foot and, and shaking it a little bit because he doesn't want to startle me. And um, and he does that, in, he'll do that if it's an emergency. If he can't find something he needs and he's got to go. Um, or if something happened. Um, usually he does not wake me up. But I felt him move my foot. I woke up, I was in a dead sleep, but I was awake. Um, I sat up and I looked at him, and now I couldn't see his face. He was this was a shadow person, um, as you know. They they don't they don't they have features, but it, they're just like all black, um, 
almost a sometimes a looks like a liquidy texture um so the features were there like it looked like it had a nose um it looked like stefan and so i thought it was him and i said oh is you know my daughter's emma is emma's audible her ipad on too loud because it was loud i said i'm sorry and i sat up and i turned it off and i laid back down and i said all right have a good night have a good night at work and um, the next day he got home and I said, oh, I'm sorry about Emma's iPad being so loud last night. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you came in and you, you know, you woke me because it was too loud. I'm sorry that, you know, woke you up or bothered you. And he's like, I didn't come in last night. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You know, I mean, because it looked exactly like it. But again, I could not see his particular face because he was lit from behind. And... um he was like, Jill, I wouldn't wake you up unless it was something really important. And I said, I know. Um, I'm like, okay. So I knew what it was. It was a shadow person. And usually these guys, they'll mess with you. They're observers. They're watchers. They watch what we do. I don't know why. You know, um, you know some people think that they're malicious. You know, of course, just like anything else, depends on the shadow person. <laughs> they can be, then most 90% of the time they're not. But it's usually, you know, they're usually watching from the side. They're not in your peripheral. They're not usually in your line of vision. And then we have a sentient being, which is otherworldly, highly intelligent. You know, they show up in the form of a shadow to either protect or cause as much chaos to human energy. Fun. But there is such thing as a sentient being. Then there's aliens. As a being from another dimension, time, place, universe, atmosphere, galaxy, you name it. We're, we cannot be the, the only ones here. And... You know, I have on good authority that they exist. So, anyhow. Um, and, you know, many of them are observing us and learning about us. You know what? You should watch is Hunt for Skinwalker. Hunt for the Skinwalker. There's a book and there's a movie. The movie was uh, done by Jeremy Corbyn. It's excellent, excellent. Um, it's about the Skinwalker Ranch in the Utah Basin and all the different phenomena that happened there. It's not just UFOs. It's, you know, animal mutilations where it's happened in a matter of minutes while the owners were in a field where it was flat, plain. Okay, we're talking Utah, not talking like, you know, you're living in the Andorondacks. You're in Utah. You know, most of everything is kind of just bare. Um, they could see flat. They didn't see anything. Come back. One of their their calves was mutilated. And when I mean mutilated, I mean mutilated where there was no blood anywhere, not on the grass, not on the ground. 
it was posed a certain way. It was really weird stuff. So I'm very disturbing seeing those images. Um, but they've also had government agencies there, um, you know, to observe and try and figure out what was going on and, and film it. And it, it oh, the phenomena always seemed to have be one step ahead. You know, so, and it wasn't just one type of phenomenon and it would never happen twice. So there was no pattern to it. It was just chaotic. You know, there'd be poltergeists, there'd be, you know, just weird stuff happening. Very strange stuff. And people love this. They run over there and they try and, you know, interact with something like this. And it ends up going home with them and, you know, driving them nuts. You could not pay me to go to the Skinwalker Ranch. However, the documentary is really awesome. So definitely check it out if you're interested in aliens, UFOs, and all the other, you know, stuff that people say they don't believe in. Okay, there's also something called parasites. Not like that your dogs and your cats have when you deworm them. <laughs> okay, these are different types of parasites. They're energy parasites. And it's exactly what you think it is. So it's a supernatural anomaly, and it creates holes in the auric body. It breaks down the spirit and in the immune system. And basically, it um, it allows for the lower-level entities and malevolent spirits to come in and oppress the soul body. Um, they drain your energy. It's a form of psychic vampirism. Um, lots of people experience this. We all have holes in our aura just from life. And when this happens, it, you know, it, it makes it easier for low-level entities to come in. So it's really important, if you can, to meditate and grab a couple crystals and make sure your vibration is high because you really don't want a parasite coming in uh, or, you know, an attachment um, where there's hooks in you and implants and attachments from something like this because it is energy. Again, like a virus airborne, it transfers from person to person. So, you know, somebody else's bad experience or loved one who's a pain in the ass. I mean, listen, we have, we have hooks and implants from our parents. Just because, and to our children, from us, just because of the relationship, you know, good or bad doesn't make a difference. You have an energy connection with your loved ones. So this is just an energy connection with someone who's not your loved one and is mostly, you know, a low-level entity. And, of course, there's poltergeist. Um, I don't know if you saw the original Poltergeist. It came out in about 1982. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Don't ask me why. It scared the crap out of me, but I loved it. Um, and what it means is just noisy spirit. They, they're, they're tricksters. They, you know, throw crap around. They move stuff around. You'll put something down. You'll put groceries away, and then you turn around. They're all back in the bags. You know, it, it's it's really freaky. But these um, these energies haunt people, not places or objects like ghosts do, okay? 
So they try and infect children coming of age. The normal age range for dealing with these types of hauntings are energies that are 8 to 13 years of age when the mind is becoming more susceptible to fear because they feed off of fear. So that's why they kind of go after kids. And they feed the energy of the living to become stronger. So, polar guys are not fun. I would not want, to, it was fun to watch the movie. I would never, never want to have to deal with that. Uh, luckily, I have not had to deal with any polar guys in my, um, my career thus far. I mean, I've had to deal with demons. I've had to deal with um, malevolent um, beings. I've had to deal with uh, parasites. I've had to deal with, um, what do you think, uh, a collective, a negative collective, where it wasn't just one thing, it was a lot of things. And, you know, you can't be afraid. And I thought I would have been afraid the first time I did it, and I wasn't. And this demon was cursing me out and was like, you know, get out of here, you know, it's just, you know, leave, since that's nothing to do with you. <laughs> but yet, it does, because my clients hired me to do this. So, I did that. And we can also talk about spirit attachments, um, if you like, in another episode. Please do let me know if there's something specific you'd like to know about. Because I'd be more than happy to um, do an episode on it. So definitely, you know, leave me a message. Sign up. You know, leave me a comment on one of my websites. Leave me a comment on wherever you're listening to this. You know, whether it's on an Apple podcast, if it's on Anchor, if it's on Google Play podcast, if it's on Breaker, Outcast, um, Pocket Cast, Spotify, online, Mac or PC, wherever you're listening to this, there is a place for comments. So if you don't feel like going to my website, definitely, definitely let me know. You know, we can talk about a whole bunch of different things. You know, different divination tools, uh, different exercises, guided meditations, subjects you'd like to learn about or you're interested in. So anyway, we're going to get now to doppelgangers. And they're just a replication of a life energy. It's another person. And they're showing up in a place uh, or space or time that's not possible. They usually show up immediately after a major tragic event. Um, or they show up as a warning or an indication that someone is thinking of you. Um, they're kind of like omens. I have never met my doppelganger. I mean, I have with timeline jumping and, and seeing myself in another timeline. But a doppelganger is something different because it's an actual person. It's not so much just um, energy. You know, we all are energy, but this is actually somebody alive walking around. Okay, um, the next thing I'd like to talk about is a deity or ascended master. This is God, or if you're a pagan, um, which I know is an umbrella term, so forgive me. I just cannot mention all the different types of uh, pagans there are. So just please bear with me. When I say pagan, I mean everybody under the sun who is 
falls into that category. Okay, so it's uh, it's God or goddess or a prophet or, you know, someone who's uh, an ancient one, uh, a shaman from a thousand years ago. Uh, and a couple examples, Buddha is an ascended master. Christ, is, Jesus Christ is an ascended master. Um, being that I grew up Catholic, I do still believe in the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I I was always drawn to the Sacred Heart of Christ, even as a child, and I use Christ as my ascended master. He's what I'm comfortable with. He is what I know will protect me. He is what I know is what's good and true. So I'm looking at Christ as an ascended master, as opposed to, you know, even though I do believe in the Trinity, as opposed to just being God. To me, God is God and Jesus is Jesus, an ascended master. Now, angels are rare, and you'll see this all the time. I get a lot of emails from different YouTubers with angel cards and angel messages and communing with the angels or having walk-ins with angels and talk through them and channel and trance with them. They're very rare. They're beings of light that walk, walk among the really highest of the highest realms. And they will come down and help when it needed. I, I had used, um, in order to get rid of a demon possession, I had used the um, the deceased um, guardian angel to help me. Um, but anyway, angels are rare. They come in during times of healing and protection, but they don't stay. You know, they're in and they're out. They do what they have to do. They They get... They, they're actually messengers of God. So, you know, for them, they've never been human. So, you know, I know I have a lot of people who think that their loved ones, oh, they're my guardian angel. No, they're not. <laughs> I don't like to tell my clients that because they like to think that. And if they like to think that, that's fine. I'm not going to get nitty gritty with it and be picky. But no. They're not your loved one who passed is not your guardian angel. Are they looking out for you? Of course. Are they with you? Absolutely. But they're not your guardian angel. Angels have never been human. Um, archangels, they're a direct subordinate from God. So they do God's work. Um, some people work with an archangel as a deity as a god you know lots of people will deal will deal with the you know archangel michael or gabriel or raphael or you know this one or that one there's a bunch and it is good to call on them for strength especially archangel michael because you know they dip in and out they're quick you know but they help um and they're rare, but anyway, demons are very rare. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with a couple. Anyway, um, they're a dark angel, basically. Um, and they're in the lower realms. Again, they're serving a different deity, you know? They're, they're part of the collective of the other, which is you know, you know who, I don't want to say it, 
<laughs> but anyway, they are more concerned with the realms they walk than ours. They could care less what's going on with us. They like it down there in the lower realms. Um, many make uh, many are malevolent, and they want you to think that uh, that they are demons to create more fear. But you know, they are what they are. You, you of course, it's terrifying if you see somebody possessed. Um, and the Catholic Church has been doing less and less exorcisms. More people like myself have been doing exorcisms than the Catholic Church because of the advances in psychology and psychiatry. A lot of stuff, a lot of people, oddly enough, in the past, they were being exercised as opposed to being treated and then, you know, for mental illness. And now there are possessions that are not mental illness and these people are falling through the cracks. And the Catholic Church, you know, has certain requirements before, you know, they send someone in to do this. And so they end up not doing it. And then people like myself, like I said, will do it. And, you know, as long as it gets done, it gets done. Um, a portal, of course, is just, you know, a door between worlds. Usually it's swirling, it's energy, it's, you know, it has a color and it's, or it's a dark coal. So it could be something that's big and yellow and it becomes three-dimensional where you can see it, where, see into it. And it's kind of bending the, um, the atmosphere around it, bending the air, um, and so, you know, that's that's what these types of different spirits are. Again, if you're interested in learning more about any one of these, I'm going to do a blog post later, uh, and I will include a lot of these, uh, you know, definitions of the different types of energies and um, go over what we talked about in segment one, which is, you know, boundaries and um, symbolism, and getting that symbol, you know, the journal for it, because you write down what things mean to you, whether it be a lucky number, an object, a memory, write them down, you know, an animal, a feeling, if you feel something here, it means this for you, if you, mean, you know, feel something on the top of your head, it means that for you. It's all based on your experiences. So to wrap up, don't dismiss anything while you're developing your mediumship. If, if you have a couple of practice clients, that's wonderful. And they're awesome because you get to work with them and, you know, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. You're not getting paid for it, so it's okay. I did a number of uh, clients like that. And then, um, you know, when you get certified, it's it's kind of scary because you have to do gallery-side readings uh, or go on radio shows and do readings. 
like people just calling up and you know trying to be cool about it and and not get scared but let me tell you something you get scared at every reading because again we're waiting on something else someone else is you know who is not here to help us and help us make their loved ones feel better so just know a lot of the messages you'll probably get are tell them that I'm still with them tell them that I love them tell them that you know I am I'm okay those messages always come through because don't forget these energies of past people are watching their loved ones you know be sick over it you know over the loss and are grieving and they're like hi I'm right here but you can't see me you know they're around you <laughs> that's why I like to teach my clients and I'm and I'm going through episodes doing bits by bit of information that I have from um that I just take for granted because I just kind of go on autopilot when I'm doing a mediumship reading but to really break it down I am going through materials that I have and making notes and imparting some knowledge onto you so I hope you enjoy it definitely definitely check out um hunt for the skinwalker it's all about the skinwalker ranch and don't forget to be kind to one another and to be gentle because the holidays are coming up, whether it's Hanukkah now or Christmas in a couple weeks. God, I can't believe it's coming up so so fast. I don't even have a tree yet. Hi. But um, be, be kind to one another. This time of year is rough, and you never know what somebody else is going through. Whether it's the person in line at the grocery store or it's a friend or a family member. You know, be kind, be gentle, and know that we all deserve to live an extraordinary life. So I want to do this together. So join me on our journey. We're going to go through it all, from mediumship to shamanic journeying to what the three different worlds are in that perspective. We can do the four, um, we can get into elementals and spirit animals. And I'm trying to think of other things that you might be interested in that you could put down. Um, learning how to actually read the tarot. Again, Angie Green's thesimpletarot.com. Get her deck. It is well worth it. It is, I wish they had it 20 years ago because honestly, it makes it so much easier. And believe me, it's it, even if you know how to read tarot cards, it's a great deck to have because it gives a lot more insight sometimes. And with the keywords and just the couple of um, illustrations on it that make sense, then using the, and it's based, of course, on the theme of the Rider Waite Universal Tarot. And, um, you know, I compared two cards. I think it was the Eight of Swords. 
or wands. I'm not sure. On um, my blog, on my website, uh, psychicmediumnewyorkcity.com, um, you may you'll find it probably in the notes of one of the episodes I did. I think it was on tarot and self care number two. And um, I will dedicate a whole episode to um, learning the tarot a little bit more in depth because I was including that with self-love. So I couldn't do this, you know, both segments on it. Now I can. And um, Angie gives out, you know, free resources. Definitely check out Learn Tarot With Me. I believe is the website.com and the simpletarot.com. And pick up that deck, whether you know the tarot or not. It will enlighten you, believe me. So, anyway, all my love and light, always. This is Jill Roberts from Psychic Today. And have make it a great day. And you'll be hearing from me tomorrow. <laughs>